Welcome to the Qualitas Podcast. I'm Kugler, host, and my guest today is Philip Chop. Philip is the head of business development at Glad Pharmaceutical Services, and he is also a big enthusiast of Excipients. He's also the founder of PharmaExipients.com, a website where you can find so much information about Excipients. We and they aim to be like the Wikipedia of Excipients. And today we are going to talk to him about this subject, why he finds this topic so uh, interesting, what people oversee when they think about excipients, where the, where the excipient market is heading. So let's get to it. Okay. Philip, welcome again to the Qualitox podcast. Uh, really excited to have you here again. We had a really fun talk last time about uh, CDMOs. And this time uh, we wanted to speak about excipients. Right, so you're super excited about excipients. It's really interesting. Why? So uh, you're really in a, you are a business developer at Glad at the moment, but you really uh, love the excipients field as well. So where, where does the passion come from? Thanks, uh, thanks a lot to have me back again with you. Yeah, and a great pleasure, of course, also to talk about the excipient part because. Um, in fact, this is the, the way I started in the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, back in 2000, I started in a very small company um, handling excipients. It was my first contact to excipients for solid dosage forms. And then uh, very quickly I had to get into the topic and um, started to realize uh, this exciting field. So uh, this has not stopped over the years and also within the GLAD group, I'm handling part of the excipient business. So um, for me, everything that makes a pharmaceutical drug product is related to excipients, of course, and therefore um, my excitement is all about uh, this, as I call it sometimes, a hidden champion um, in this field. So yeah, and this has not stopped and I, I, I truly believe we still do not know enough about it and therefore I engage myself um, so much within the field of excipients. What would you say makes it the most interesting uh, like in comparison to raw materials or APIs? Uh, why uh, specifically excipients? I would say you know in a pharmaceutical development uh, phase there is a lot of time and money spent to synthesize the active substance to get it um, stable, non-toxic, and have the right um, attributes to really give the difference. And um, we enter with the pharmaceutical excipients very late. So in the, of course, we have the first phases where we have basic mixes, but then the galenical development of the drug um, starts usually in a very late stage. And um, as so much attention has already been given to the API, um, sometimes I believe people start to forget about um, the impact of the excipient itself. And over time now, yeah, we have simply more complex um, excipients as well. So, you know, we used to call them the non, anything else than the active substance uh, should not be doing any any activity, any harm. Nowadays, it's the contrary. Um, the more sophisticated APIs get, the more sophisticated excipients have to become. Uh, we have to solve with excipients many, many topics. Um, 
that we cannot solve alone with the formulation and the drug delivery um, technologies that we have. So um, I believe they're getting more and more important. So I really want to make sure that people understand this. Right. So you have founded the website uh, pharmaexcipients.com, uh, right? So, uh, so yes. is it the goal to help people understand the excipients better? So what is it all about? It all started back in 2010 as a LinkedIn group because it was the only way to communicate uh, with a low budget. And, and there the aim was really to, to get the discussion going um, from my side on excipients. And at a certain point of time, uh, some good friends told me, why do you do this only on LinkedIn? Do a website out of it so you keep the content. And it's really, yes, to share um, in one place everything around excipients and give access to this um, to all the users, in fact. Right. So I've seen that sh there are a lot of articles, a lot of publications uh, about excipients there. So how do you bring the knowledge? Excipients are in any formulation. There is literally no formulation without an excipient. So what I do or what we do nowadays is we check the internet on um, content that can be interesting for our audience. And uh, then we post it on the website. At the same time, we are working on basics on excipients. So we want to have like an excipients Wikipedia uh, growing. We have experts that speak about specific topics. Then we organize webinars, um, be it on amorphous solid dispersions with partners. And then, of course, we have a combined database of excipients where you directly can order samples with the suppliers. So it's both access to information about excipients and then, of course, also getting the excipient. And what we want to do is um, Google decides a little bit um, what we find. We try to find things that might be interesting for, for the audience, for the user, and bring it to a specific point where you can check um, based on your interest. So we, we also build categories. So if you're interested in 3D printing, for instance, um, there is a category with 3D printing and you find quite some articles. So it should be a first step to, to get a, like a, a summary of interesting topics. Uh, Where is the market going right now in the, um, the excipient world? So in which direction? is the market is heading. So you mentioned there are new excipients that uh, are coming out. So everybody were thinking before, okay, excipients, it's so simple. It's a, it should be like sugar and it should do nothing, right? And uh, you say, okay, uh, this world is uh, far gone. So where are, we, uh, where, where are we now with it and why is that? It seems to be an easy question, but I have to... <laughs> <laughs> I have to separate the answers. So I see uh, the different aspects. So, of course, we have a lot of commodities, commodity excipients, which are simple. Let's call them simple excipients, although they're not simple. And don't get me wrong, but that they are standardized excipients. And then we have kind of excipients that have additional functionalities, be it based on co-processing of, of existing excipients that are really also sometimes tailor-made. So 
more complex things and i think this part will grow rapidly uh, still over the coming years and then of course we don't have to forget um, the term of novel excipients so a, a complete can be a complete new chemical entity or can be also an excipient which has not been used in in the in the route of administration so for instance a novel excipient can also be an excipient that could be um, added in another way to the body and now is um, absorbed orally so and these these are going so novel excipients are going in a in in a development way near nearly to an api from the regulatory point of view so it takes a lot of time and money until you're there and that's also a little bit where innovation um, is slightly hindered still uh, because you need to you have an upfront investment of money and time which is tremendous and then you are not the lead api but you're in the formulation with the api so you strictly depend all also on the success of the development of the drug product so for very new excipients it's it's still a long way to go so what i see is standard excipients of course then a lot of co-processed uh, with added functionalities and then from time to time some really new excipients will come to the market what are the hottest excipients right now would you say is can you place some of the hottest excipients on the market or the variety is so huge right now that it really it is really scattered i mentioned before higher functionality or other functionality of excipients which when you look now at uh, novel production technologies this can be a driver like 3d printing i mentioned like continuous manufacturing so potentially um attributes of bulk excipients or standard excipients might have to be changed so this this gives um new product types potentially um the same goes we we go for not only for new production technologies but also for other application forms I mentioned before that new chemical entities are more in BCS class two and four. So we have other hurdles to overcome. So we will need further excipients just to go with the needs of the market. Huh? We mentioned a lot of time is mentioned patient centricity, um, dedicated really um, down to the need of the patient. So this might also trigger a new, let's say, new forms of excipients, new attributes, characteristics of excipients. So this is this is how I see a little bit um, how things are growing. At the stage of where we are with excipients right now and we're, where we're heading, if you had the possibility to influence the market like 20 years ago, in which direction would you say it should have uh, gone big there there have to be some some fundamental changes huh? it's the way that um, the pharma industry and the exhibit manufacturer communicate with each other i think this is something i would have loved to be changed many years many many years ago and of course it has to do with um, confidentiality and other topics around um, product development but I think a fundamental topic is 
that most of the time an excipient manufacturer does not know for what is his excipient used in a formulation. Um, and I believe that if we would be more open with each other to discuss this, um, it would be much easier to get the right excipient, right excipient combination for a specific uh, for a specific formulation. Um, where I would like that the market goes is on in general terms in better material and process understanding. Uh, so very in a very early stage. So now we talk about in silico development, we have um, continuous manufacturing, we have three D printing that need much more of a materials understanding, which is now driven. Uh, um, but I believe this is this will be the same for a standard batch production, standard uh, manufacturing of tablets whatsoever. So this this combination of much deeper understanding of the material being used. Um, I lately had a discussion about um, excipient variability, and not only from manufacturer to manufacturer, but from batch to batch. And uh, this is also an important part that has to be solved, not in the way to reduce the or neglect or reduce the variability, but not to neglect it and directly integrate it. And this is not only available for the uh, or valid for the API uh, for the excipient, but also for the API. So we have to know about variability in the early phase development to make a stable product in the end. So this is more on the material. Um, how the market is set up, I think digitalization has shown over the last year now um, some that some changes will be needed or we can do things in a better way. So I think the market, market access to excipient, especially in small scale, um, can be optimized should be faster uh, so that nowadays um, the customer of B2B, they, they are used also as a B2C customer to order things via one click or two clicks. Um, this will have an impact also on the B2B business as we do it right now. Um, roles definition will change over time. And yeah, so there is a, there is a lot to do. Huh? Uh, but I sincerely think the major topic is really communication, understanding, and getting these um, partners closer to each other. Um, uh, that's 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 what I would wish myself for um, to really get better understanding of both parties. Right, and uh, probably it's uh, through better communication because more information is available online. And, and so on and uh, why is the communication is not so good is it in terms of a uh, quality of the excipients because they don't uh, the, the manufacturer don't understand or uh, the uh, requirements of the market enough of the pharmaceutical market or are there uh, other reasons i think in general as a manufacturer of excipients um you go according to your specifications right and within the specifications, you might have some variability. So um, I think there is a fear that 
if you talk too much about the variability, the potential variability, the pharmaceutical customer might come and say, yeah, but then we need to um, make the specification more tighter or tighten the specification, which then has, of course, an impact on productivity, yield, and cost at the excipient manufacturer's side. So um, this can only be solved if we accept that there is a variability. But I believe what we have to come to, and this is from excipient to excipient different, what we have to come to is really to understand what can be the impact. And then in a in predictive modeling, with, um, for instance, within silico uh, tools or with artificial intelligence, materials understanding, um, and application, of course, of quality by design, not only on the process, but also on the excipient, to make sure that we are, we are in a safe environment, also based on variabilities, because we also have in, in the process, we have variabilities that we nowadays fully accept and it's integrated. Oh, we have to make sure that formulation and process are in, in the design space and that we are sure. But I, I really want to emphasize that the excipients can pay can play a major role in this. And I see things starting with excipients QBD, but I sincerely believe it has to be improved still quite a bit. I would like also to ask again about something that you mentioned. So you said that uh, many don't understand enough about excipients also during the formulation phases. So do you think that this is an issue with, uh, uh, let's say, uh, research organizations and the scientists that they, they have their APIs, they work, but now it comes to formulation, but then there is the problem to fit the right excipient uh, in there. So is it still an issue and uh, um, how is it evolving? I think it has to do with the with the basic training. Huh? Of course, if you if you look at the pharmaceutical uh, training program, um, of course, excipients is not a huge topic. It's a very uh, small topic, and then, um, of course, there are uh, deepening um, studies. The people that go into the galenical uh, pharmaceutical technology, they know much more about it. But um, we we still see, or I still see, and have the feeling that you know you enter into a environment and their preferences, uh, their preferences um, driven by different forces, driven by experience. So the old saying, we always formulated like this, so we we do it uh, still because it's also easier. Uh, you don't have to discuss with uh, the purchasing department that you need a specific new excipient uh, that is not yet in the listing. Um, you, if you use what you have, um, you don't risk too much. Uh, other than if you say, "Ah, oh, I have this uh, new um, type of excipient that I would like to bring in. Um, it has to be harmonized with what is in manufacturing. So um, longer term. So what really happens is we look, usually uh, we look for new solutions if the standard solution does not work. Uh, and I believe it should be the contrary. We should always look for what fits best, uh, which sometimes might not be the reality. 
uh, still nowadays, but I think this is where it should go. And um, we also have to see as we change roles in um, in companies, for instance, in the offices, also in research roles change. And sometimes people that used to be in um, in liquid formulation are suddenly in solid dosage formulation and vice versa. So they have to get um, trained. They they need to um, increase their their knowledge about the use, and usually um, you're then trained also mainly internally. So this can have all of, all to do also with footprints as well. So you said that usually when it comes to new formulations, uh, uh, the scientists start with uh, what is known, what is usually being used, and they they uh, start checking. Okay, it doesn't work. It doesn't hold. It doesn't fit with the formulation. Let's say let's let's start. Uh, trying new things but how would you approach it so what would be the best uh, practice way to approach it how would you feed the right excipients uh, right now would it be according to cost or uh, i don't know some uh, simulations computer simulations how uh, would it work i believe it has to be a combination of experience and um, predictive modeling um, computer simulations uh, knowledge bringing in the knowledge really and combining this with material and process understanding. So it, it sounds pretty complex, but I think that this is what we need to do. Huh? So I'm, I'm a big fan of getting things done right, uh, if possible, at the beginning. So mm-hmm. investigation in what is good for the product should be the first term. You mentioned cost. Um, I believe if we have to um, slow down a formulation development or a product development because we we went for the wrong wrong horse at the beginning, um, this is more costly than to try to do some small scale trials, uh, compatibility studies and the like, which is of course done uh, logically. But I think we can even start at an earlier phase in the evaluation what is good. Uh? And I see this more and more um, uh, being done, but uh, I believe there is still more room to do so. Right. So did you see formulations uh, just or a new product that just uh, shatter because uh, they couldn't find the right excipient or it took just too long to get there or it doesn't get uh, that far? No, I, I I don't think so, to be honest. I, but um, and possibly this has changed over 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 time quite a bit. But I saw things that possibly it's not optimum. You know, you have uh, you have your prototypes, and then the prototype is working, right? And then comes the decision that we need to move ahead. So often there is this wishful thinking: we optimize later on. But I I very much question the optimization later on, and I fully understand the process because there is a lot of money involved. And once you have something that is working, you should move ahead with what is working because you need to go to the market, you need to do the clinics beforehand, of course. And uh, yeah, my my take is there that you simply most of the time we'll skip any optimization or any changes later on. So therefore I'm very much 
if ever possible, uh, and there are many, many factors to it that it is not possible uh, to do so, but I would love to see um, this clearance in a very, very early phase uh, to get really the optimum out of it. Right. So would you say uh, that it's uh, most important for the early scientists uh, to stay informed about new excipients and how they work or uh, would you say it's uh, for uh, it's more important for the CDMOs so who are the key people that should always uh, stay informed about uh, what's going on in the excipient world because you say it's it's so overlooked everybody <laughs> no <laughs> no i i I think it's really um, the, the, the formulation scientists, development scientists, R&D, that, that in the end uh, create the formulation. This can be a CDMO, this can be an originator, generic company. Um, really, the people that work on those um, formulations should, should be informed. And I know it's difficult. Huh? It's, it's such a wild field. And uh, when I say you should do the optimum, I mean, you have... A huge choice of technologies, of um, drug delivery platforms, of um, other methods, and then I come up and now you should also look at the excipients and why don't you understand them properly or good enough, uh, which in many cases is, of course, is the case uh, we understand them, but it's still for me it's this aim in my in my dreams that we get more even more understanding of what we know nowadays right and if we have this uh, better understanding so where will we be then would it be much easier formulation will it be much money saving uh, would it be better drugs so what is the main goal here you you mentioned the goals, I mean, the first goal is always to have a better drug product, of course. But um, what we also need to achieve is um, higher yields, the highest yields possible, because we want to have medicine that is affordable. Um, we want to have a control over the process. Huh? And I can only control the process, if this is my personal view, if I know the variabilities that I mentioned before. Um, and then I know why, what happens, you know, uh, and this is this is what what really drives also me in this discussion. It shouldn't be um, dependent on Jan or Philip that is running a process. Huh? It, it should be okay whoever does it. Of course, this has not only to do with the excipients at all. Um, there is uh, many, many process parameters, um, air conditions, whatsoever. But um, I think we we need to get the full understanding. And this is, by the way, coming with the continuous manufacturing much more with application of PAT um, so that we get a much better control over what happens really in a process. Huh? And the excipients are small or a big part of it. No? Right. So this is a quite insightful because I think few realize how much impact excipients have on the main product. So as you mentioned, the yield and the effectiveness, and it's not only about the API, right? Especially nowadays. And I believe that the 
now there are much more control over the excipients, much more regulatory oversight. So it's starting, people starting to understand the importance of it. So Philip, thank you very much for uh, sharing all this interesting uh, information about excipients. And I I hope people will uh, gain some uh, understanding, better understanding of the importance of it and um, see where it is going. And uh, everybody who is listening or watching, uh, go to pharmaexcipients.com dot com and learn something more about the excipients because it is a, a really a great resource. So Philip, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Jan. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for listening to the Qualitalks podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star review. If you want to learn more about GMP, please visit us at www.qualistory.com. Stay compliant and see you at the next one.